0: This podcast is presented to you by Pastors Tom and Bonnie DeShal from Celebration Church in Harare, Zimbabwe. For more information, please visit celebrationmen.org.
1: I need you to lean in tonight and listen prophetically tonight as I talk to you. You will hear me say periodically, I prophesy. You'll hear me say every now and then, the Lord said. And I want you to hear it and receive it, receive it tonight. I mentioned this morning about too many notes. Sometimes we have a lot of notes and we have information in our heads, but we have nothing in our hearts. And tonight, I want to speak to the heart of the matter. I want to speak to the heart of God, and I want you to participate with me and help me as we summons the breaker, as we summons God to come in and to help us in our current calamity. In the book of Micah, chapter 2, verse 12 and 11, you'll read these words. I will surely assemble, O Jacob, all of thee. I will surely gather the remnant of Israel. I will put them together as the sheep of Basra, as the flock in the midst of their fold They shall make great noise by reason of the multitude of men. The breaker is come up before them. They have broken up and has passed through the gate and are gone out by it. And the king shall pass before them and the Lord on the head of them. The church say, amen. Amen. Uh, Pastor Tom used the Amplified today a couple of times. So in the Amplified, I found verse 13 to read uh, very important to us. It says, the breaker, in, in brackets, the Messiah, will go up before them. They will break through, pass in through the gate, and go out through it. And the king will pass on before them. The Lord at their head. Uh, There is a sound from heaven, but tonight also from the topic if you keep up the noise, the breaker will come. If you keep up the noise, the breaker will come. Father, help us now. Bless us in Jesus' name. So let me first of all say that Zimbabwe, we are in need of a breaker. In order for you to understand that, I need to define breaker for you. The breaker is someone sent by God with a plan for your deliverance. It's a person, someone sent by God with a plan for your deliverance. There's a movie called The Expendables. Has anybody seen that with Bruce Willis? It's Expendables. And he's an expert in breaking out of the worst prison situations that you can think of. They're placed in the worst prisons with the highest security. But Bruce is ingenious, and Bruce collaborates with others, and he has this crazy plan of getting out of this prison. He believes that he can do it. Maximum, 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 maximum security prison. And all he wants to know from his cohorts is who's in. Who's in? We're getting out of here. Who's with me? All he wants to know is who's tired of being in bondage. Who's tired of being in maximum security prison. Who's tired of being behind bars and kept in chains. We're getting out of here. So I ask you tonight, who's in? Who's in? And so there's a breakout coming. And tonight's message is going to unveil this for us. In the book of Micah, the text speaks of a a large gathering of people. Similar to this gathering tonight. But though they are large, Micah in the text calls them a remnant. A remnant. Most people, when they think of remnant, they, speak of a, they think of a small number, those that are left over, you know, just those who barely survived or barely made it. Those who stand for God at this time, after all that's gone on, you would be called the remnant. This particular remnant was large. Micah says, they're a remnant, but they're a multitude. They're a great gathering of people. So you got to see this because there are, for some of us, um, we need to understand that they that are for us are more than they that be against us, regardless of whether you can see it or not. If you were to right now even catch a glimpse of the spirit, you would see angels ascending and descending on your behalf. If you're surrounded by enemy hosts and if you're going through the greatest calamity of your life, if you can just see in the spirit, spirit, you'll probably see chariots of fire surrounding even your enemies. If you could see in the spirit, you probably could see God himself tripping your enemies as they come in to eat up your flesh, your enemies, your foes, God has them on lockdown. You got to understand that they that are with us are more than they that be against us, regardless of how many of us there are. As a matter of fact, the text says that there are 7,000, a complete number of people who have not bowed their knees to bail. So when you think you're alone, remember God has a perfect number of people, just the right amount of people that he needs to bring deliverance to the planet. Can y'all say amen? amen. So the text says a gathering of a great flock and it's accompanied by great noise. Great noise. This morning I dealt with Acts 2 where there was a sound from heaven as that of a rushing mighty wind. A great noise. Notice though in this text what the origin of the sound is. Uh, we're going to need it later. Notice this. Micah 2.12 is on the screen. They shall make a loud noise because of so many people. It's the people that are making the noise. The people, the origin of the noise is the people. It says when the breaker hears the sound, that the breaker then will go up before them. When the breaker hears the sound, then the breaker will go up before them. All right? The Amplified Bible reveals that the breaker is the Messiah. It says in Micah 2.13, the breaker, the Messiah, will go up before them. So the ultimate breaker or liberator is the Messiah. The ultimate breaker or liberator is the Messiah. God said to me that the next liberation that's coming to Zimbabwe will not be at the hands of a man but the breaker himself shall perform it. (laughs) Whatever God does it will last. Man can liberate you, but only God can set you free. <laughs> Remember, the breaker is the one sent with the plan who is responsible for your deliverance or responsible for your liberation. Please know this. There is no condition that the breaker cannot break you out of. Not have their, There are no circumstances. There is nothing that the breaker does not have the ability to free you from. Uh, There have been many recorded human breakers who God sent with a plan to liberate his people. The children of Israel labored for 400 plus years down in Egypt and and, and Pharaoh was a hard taskmaster and and his um, folk that were with him were making life miserable for the children of Israel. But then God sent them a breaker a man by the name of Moses who had a plan. He eventually broke the will of Pharaoh to cause Pharaoh to let God's people go. They couldn't get out themselves, so God sent them a breaker, and Moses was that breaker. He came with a plan. He spoke truth to power, and Pharaoh had to let them go. The children of Israel were taken captive in Babylon, and it was scheduled for 70 years. They even hung up their harps On the willow trees. They lost their song. They were not in Zion anymore. And they stopped singing. They stopped praising. They stopped their noise. And then God raised up a man by the name of King Cyrus to be their breaker. The Bible said he raised him up as a shepherd to them and he led Persia to defeat the Babylonians and this allowed the Jews to return and to rebuild their city and he made provision for them. He made sure that they were able to do it and not have to fear the onslaught of their sworn enemies. A breaker. So whenever conditions get humanly impossible for people to bear, God always raises up a breaker. Someone responsible for, first of all, hearing from God in heaven and then bringing deliverance to this people. So when we were perishing, and just let me include everybody because you may not have been of Judah in the days of the Babylonian captivity. and You may not have been literally in Egypt when the children of Israel were there, but you have been bound in sin. And when we were bound in sin, when we were perishing, God sent his Son. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son so that whosoever believeth on him should not perish but have everlasting life. The ultimate breaker came when we were dead in trespasses and sins. While we were yet sinning, Christ died. The breaker came. Uh, You ought to be excited about that. You once were lost, but now you're found. You were blind, but now you see, and it's because of the breaker. By definition, I'm going to put it on the screen. The breaker. The breaker is the one who leads the troops by striking the wall of defense or making the first move against what has come to hinder or stop the people of God's progress. The breaker makes the first move. He's game defense. He weakens the enemy. He, he opens the door for the people to escape. Jesus has already opened the door for us on the cross on the cross. He's already spoiled principalities and powers and made a show of them openly. He's disarmed them on that cross. He brought them to shame. When they thought he had him, he slipped right through their grip and when he got off that cross and was buried in a grave for three days, it was according to the scriptures. On the third day he rose again and declared all power has been given unto me in heaven and in earth. And then these words came and I give you power over all the power of the wicked. When Power to tread on serpents. Power to cast out devils. Power. And he gives us power. Jesus had power to heal all that were oppressed of the devil. That same power lives in you. The same power that raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. That same spirit lives in you and quickens your mortal body. I've got the power. You've got the power. we got the power. Now what we're going to do with it? So the breakup makes the first move in the liberation of the people. When the breaker makes that move, there is no stopping his plan. There's no stopping of the plan once we say, let's go. And as long as those who are coming out stick to the plan, you can see complete and total liberation. So for this hour in Zimbabwe, the prophet Micah offers us a plan. He has a message of hope to liberate God's people. His name actually means who is like Jehovah. Micah knows Jehovah. He loves Yahweh God. His preaching turns people away from the false prophets and the false teachers and the false gods back to Jehovah who alone is able to heal and to set free. Micah's message was directed, it was hard, it was strong, it was seasoned in grace and love, but Micah had a strong message that he had to preach and he did preach it out of his love for God and his love for God's people. It's kind of hard to be a preacher and you don't love God and love his people. But oh boy, when you love God and love his people and you can put your ear to heaven and hear what God is saying to you, it's an exhilarating, wonderful opportunity to come out before the people of God and say, thus saith the Lord. I tell preachers all over the country, please, before you come out to talk to people, please talk to God. Speak to God before you speak to God's people. And you can't love God who you've never seen and not love the people who you see every day. This is a love message. This is love language. This is the gospel is a gospel of love. It's, it's, it's for the people who need to be loved. There's so many people who are rejected and who are hurting and so many people who feel unwanted and unwelcome. There's so many people who don't believe that they'll ever be likable, not even lovable. And so God sends us a love message. He so loved the world. He committed his love towards us. This is a love message, y'all. And Micah was a man of love, but he was a man of power. He spoke the truth in love. he 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 refused to lie to the people. He refused to give smooth talks. He refused to make them feel like everything is going to be fine in just a little while, that it's going to be all right. Uh, Micah said things are jacked up. He said the reason they're jacked up is because you have not honored God. You have not honored God. So many people want God to deliver them, but they don't even know why they're in bondage. And Michael is saying the reason you're in bondage and the reason things are like they are is because when you had God, you didn't honor him as God. And if you ever been to somebody's house and you come in there and you don't pay attention to them or, you, or somebody come to your house and, and they don't pay attention to you, after a while, somebody's going to have to leave. And it ain't going to be the owner of the house. But in this case, you know, you come before God. God says, you didn't honor me. Micah says, you didn't honor God as God. And the spirit of the Lord had lifted off of the people of God. It was the way that they had treated God that was causing their calamity. But Micah is, is, is fearless in his preaching. He's, he calls out the false prophets and he, he blames the right people for the wrong. Micah 3, 5. This is what the Lord says. It's on the screen. Your false prophets are leading my people astray. You promise peace for those who give you food, but you declare war on those who refuse to feed you. Now the night will close around you, cutting off all your visions. Darkness will cover you, putting an end to your predictions the sun will set for you prophets and your day will come to an end. Then you seers will be put to shame and you fortune tellers will be disgraced and you will cover your faces because there's no answer from God. Verse eight, but as for me, I am filled with power, with the spirit of the Lord. I am filled with justice and strength to what boldly declare Israel's sin and rebellion. To boldly declare Micah is righteous and because he's righteous the text says he's bold as a lion. He boldly declares that it's because of your sins. He boldly declares to the false prophets and the false teachers that you're the reason for this calamity. He boldly declares to the people of God that God is not going to answer if they don't call on him. They got to listen to him. He says I'm filled with the spirit. The spirit of the Lord is upon me the Lord have anointed me. I'm filled with justice until righteousness run down like a river. He says, and Amos, keep your vials, keep your music, keep your vain ego music until righteousness is in the street, until justice is in the land. Micah is concerned about balanced scales. He's concerned about the big eyes and the little you. He's concerned about caste systems. He's concerned about the rich getting richer and the poor getting poorer. He says, God says, keep all of that until you deal with this. Social change Justice is an issue with God. God loves everybody. He died for everybody. Everybody has a right to the tree of life. So Micah is righteous. He's bold as a lion. I told you that Micah's message is still, though bold, it is one of hope. He also declares that restitution is near. Restoration is coming. But he's balanced enough to declare that there are conditions. One in particular, God must be put back on the throne of the hearts of men. God must become God, King of kings and Lord of lords over the nation of Israel. God must be God. God must be King of kings and Lord of lords in our life. There's a condition here. We got to turn back to God and then God will turn to us. We got to call on him while he's near. Seek him while he may be found. Turn from our wicked ways. Then he'll hear us in heaven, forgive our sins, and bring healing to our land. Like Micah. Like Jesus, like Micah. Micah is a breaker and is a champion of the oppressed. He says that he's filled with power. And Jesus was filled with power, anointed with the Holy Ghost. And he went about doing good, healing all that were oppressed of the devil. So tonight, Zimbabwe, I come with a plan. But there's one major condition. If things are going to turn around in this world, and if things are going to turn around in particular in the nation of Zimbabwe for the people of God, Jesus is going to have to p- be put back on the throne of his church. He's going to have to be acknowledged as the head and the king of his church. We have got to give him complete and total control. We've got to be able to sing with the psalmist, have thine own way, Lord. Have thine own way. Thou art the potter, I am the clay. Shape me and mold me after your own will while I'm waiting, Lord. Yield it and still. You know the plans that you have for me. And God, I want your plans for my life. I don't want to do my own thing. I don't want to go my own way. So Micah's plan is a good one for our new liberation. Zimbabwe is not alone. Zimbabwe is not the only one with current events and news that's so grim that people are shaking in their boots. It is grim for many other nations in this world. There's an ongoing infighting in legislature, all over the world, in this country, in the United States of America, our, our Congress is divided straight down the middle. Red and blue, Republicans and Democrats, the current inflation rate, the, the petrol prices, the loss of power, uh, dysfunction. is not just regulated to Zimbabwe. There are nations around the world that are filling the press. Peter said the same affliction that are in you and your brethren throughout the world. Micah prophesied that in spite of what's going on, There will be a people that will come together who would follow the Lord God and those he has appointed to lead them. And they will find green pastures and eventually have plenty. I just prophesied. I'm going to read it for you. Micah chapter 2 verse 12. Someday O Israel, I will gather the few of you who are left. I will bring you together again like sheep in a foal, like a flock in its pasture. Yes, your land will again be filled with noisy crowds. Your leader will break out and lead you out of exile. He will bring you through the gates of your cities of captivity. Back to your own land. Your king will lead you. The Lord himself will guide you. I don't know about y'all, but when I read that verse, I thought about you. When I read that verse, I thought about some of you that I know. When I read that verse, I thought about my purpose of being here. Well, imagine this God gathering his sheep and restoring the years that the canker worm and the pomer worm and the caterpillar have devoured. Imagine this these fields that used to be flourishing with all kinds of wheats and grains and been shipped to all over the world. Imagine them being restored. Imagine no more locusts eating up the crops. Imagine no more drought on the crops. Imagine water being pumped into all these areas and people are employed and become farmers and begin to work and share crop so that they can reap some of the benefit of being a productive nation. Imagine Zimbabwe once again being the breadbasket of Africa. Imagine once again God revisiting and restoring. Imagine this, and this is what the text is saying. God is able to replenish. God is able to do it again. If he did it before, he will do it again. If he did it before, he will do it again. One, two, one. God will do it again. Whatever God will do is predicated on what he's already done. And if God had ever visited Zimbabwe, get ready. He's coming back again. He's coming back again. But it takes some condition on your part. You got to see this. Do you see what the prophet saw? He saw a leader with a plan. He says a leader shall lead them. People no longer bound but released to reclaim everything that had been lost. Glory to God. Everything that had been stolen, you can go and get it. It's coming back. The prophet saw uh, a synagogue where where people are taught to, to move from a religious mindset of fear and duty Uh, to a kingdom mindset of boldness and power and possession. And that's what we've experienced these last two days, man, a change of mindset. Pastor Tom has shared with us diligently that we need to have a kingdom mindset and operate by kingdom principles and not be governed by the current conditions that we live in or the culture in which we abide, but that we need to be outside of it, as Bonnie said today, not equally yoked with it, that we got a plan, that God has given us a different means, a different way, way of obtaining wealth and doing the things that he has purpose for us to do. Man, if God be for you, who can be against you? If the Lord is on your side, come on, no weapon that is formed against you shall prosper. And every tongue that rises up against you in judgment, you have the authority to condemn. God has got your back. Micah sees God raising up a people that have made up their minds that they will not be bound any longer. Neither will they live beneath their God given privileges. I don't know whether any of you are in here tonight, but that's kind of how I feel. I feel like I'm supposed to come here with a plan, with a message to deliver to you as a momentary breakup to let you know that I believe that there's some people here who are tired of being bound. There's some people here who are tired of living beneath their God given privileges. There are some people here who just need somebody to remind them of who's they are. Somebody to remind them that God has not forgotten you. God has not forsaken you. You are on his mind. What are you that God is mindful of you? You are his people, his creation. You are the Imago Dei of God. God will never leave you alone. He'll never forsake you. God's got your back when your mom and daddy forsake you. Notwithstanding the Lord shall take you in. I wish I had some help in here. God loves you and he has a wonderful plan for your life. I come to remind you of that. I come to speak that into the atmosphere. Micah saw people who would rise up like Queen Esther who are going to see the king. Some people who oppressed pressed their way against all odds. Listen to this prophecy Zimbabwe and claim this one as your own. Micah 4 verse 6 through 7. In that coming day says the Lord I will gather together my people who are lame who have been exiles filled with grief. They are weak And far from home, but I will make them strong again, a mighty nation. Then I, the Lord, will rule from Jerusalem as their king forever. Take that as your own, Zimbabwe. Uh, Though you are weak, though you have been driven away, though you're filled with grief, you're not hearing me. God says, I will make you strong. I will make you a mighty nation. Come on, there's yet a fulfillment of this for the people of God. Wherever you are in the world, there's a fulfillment. You can claim this as your own. You'll be strong again. You'll be mighty again. There's hope. This is a message of hope, and God will be your king forever. Daniel chapter 7 says, it looked like, The little horn was winning. Matter of fact, it didn't even say, looked like he was prevailing against the people of God. But then watch what happened in came the Ancient of Days, and he gave the victory to the people of God, and they possessed the kingdom forever and forever. There's coming a day when you're going to be so victorious like Jabez. You don't have to deal with the pain again. You don't have to worry about losing what God has given you. You will possess the kingdom forever and forever. There's coming a day when the stuff that God blesses you with, you will not have to give it up. You don't have to ever let, lose it again. God says, I'm going to give it to you once for all. I'm going to give it to you permanent I'm going to make you the head and not the tail for real I'm going to make you above and not beneath for real come on you'll be able to walk into victory wherein Christ has set us free I wish I had some help in here Micah Micah seems to be prophesying about a people who will see Jesus and follow the example that he has set for the body he will be the head, he will be king, he will be over it. and as I was flying into Zimbabwe here's my message God showed me a scattered nation and he showed me a scattered people. Uh, He showed it to me. A body torn apart. But he also showed me through this text that it's a body that will be brought back together as one new man. A people who will stand, according to Zephaniah, shoulder to shoulder, and once again, see the glory of God. Don't you give up on Zimbabwe. Don't you give up on your cities. Don't you give up on your community. Don't you give up on God. The year 5780, Rosh Hashanah, the year of realignment. God is reconnecting and realigning. People being reconnected properly to the body of Christ. People of God getting realigned, repositioned. People finding their highest and best use. People shaking themselves and realizing maybe what they've been doing for the last 20 years is not what they're supposed to be doing. But God is putting people in strategic places. He's raising up pastors and placing them in strategic places in the lives of people who need a breaker. God is raising up leaders and giving them a message that comes from the throne of God and sending them out with a plan for people so they can set the people free. Come on. I'm talking to some of you leaders that are here. You come this week to get a plan. You come this week to be refueled. You come this week to be reproved and rebuked and exhorted. You've come this week for information and inspiration. You've come this week to say, God, speak, your servant hears. You came this week to say, When I go back, I'm going back another way. Not another mode of transportation, not another mode. You're going back another way in person. Your mind's going to be changed. Your heart's going to be changed. You're going to be filled anew with the Spirit of the living God. And ain't a demon that you left back home going to be able to handle you. When you get back, they're going to say, Who is this? What man what a man is this? What man A woman is this? I tried this before and I got them, but they have gone away and learned some things. They have gone away and now they come back with Avengers. How many of y'all are ready to go back to your communities with Avengers? You ready to go back with the fight? Come on, I told y'all to help me. Pastors in particular, don't sit there like a crocodile by the Zambezi. you got to open up your mouth. you got to throw up your hands. you got to shout from your bellies. You can't let your people out shout you. So people are being reconnected properly to the body. I thought the Message Bible has an interesting commentary. It's a paraphrase, but here's what it says. Micah 6, 8. It says, but he's already made it plain how to live, what to do, what God is looking for in men and women. It's quite simple. Do what is fair and just to your neighbor. Be compassionate and loyal in your love. And don't take yourself too seriously. Take God seriously. God. We know it is do justly and love mercy and walk humbly with your God. But it says don't take yourself so serious. Why so serious? Don't do that. Avoid corruption is what he's saying at all costs. Despise Corruption. I uh, hate gimmicks and games. I prophesy, here it is, that we must get our eyes off of these televangelists who are only trying to make a name for themselves, who take themselves too seriously using lying signs and wonders and iPads. We, we have got to take our eyes off of these people who search Facebook and find all of your information and only tell you what you already know people who will give you your credit card number, your address, people who have surfed the net and found out all they need to know and hope you show up where they have people on the prowl looking for people that match the pictures that they downloaded off the internet and somebody tell you what your address is and you get excited? My God, if you didn't know what your address was, you don't need to be serving God or living in this life. You need to tell me something I don't know. Tell me something secret as the prophets would speak from the king's secret chambers and the And the kings would be so upset that they wanted to destroy the prophets because the prophets were always used by God to convict and to bring judgment on a people if they don't repent. The prophecies that came from the true prophets of God came and the result was it would have an impact on the nation. Even if it was to an individual, if that individual got right, that individual had influence and that individual would be influencing a whole people. So it don't matter about whether you got a blue car and live in a red house and have pink carpet in one of your inner city or in a, a bedrooms, that ain't going to help you. You need to know what do you need to do to get right with God so that you can impact the lives of the people that God sends you to every day. I wish I had somebody. I need somebody in here. So then we are commanded to take God seriously. Oh, I'm going to close this. God is raising up some people who have been in the fire and under fire. Unknown people with some serious testimonies. See, all of the pretty boys, God says, okay, time out for that. All of the Bentleys and the Rolls Royces and all that stuff. mm -mm. God always reached into the muck and the mire and found him somebody. And then when he did that and cleaned them up, the people that he uses are those who stay humble, who stay broken, who stay before him, we got some people that got some powerful testimony. You'll never have to worry about their heads getting too big, you'll never have to worry about their ego because they'll always remember where they come from, they'll already remember where God brought them from. God is raising up those people, unknown people who have survived what other people in the church fear. There's a teaching out here that says we shouldn't hurt, we shouldn't have problems, we shouldn't have issues. If you do, it's a lack of faith. Mm. The Bible said that if any man shall live godly in Christ Jesus, he shall suffer persecution how about counting all joy when you fall into divers tempt- t- temptation how about this uh, you know concerning the trials that attest you you shouldn't be all out of whack concerning them how about knowing that tribulation works patience and patience experience and experience hope and hope make it not a shame how about Jesus saying in this world you shall have tribulation but be of good cheer because I've overcome the world being a Christian is not being exempt from problems and challenges being a Christian has being able to go through problems and challenges by the grace of almighty God. There's some people who have survived but other church folk fear. People who've been kicked out of religious gatherings and dead churches because they love God and hate tradition. Some of you came from dead churches. Some of you came from from traditions and it kept you bound. You didn't know what being free was. You didn't know what being blessed was. You didn't understand the kingdom economy. You didn't understand kingdom principles. But look at you now. I remember the first message I preached when I came here was walking in wisdom. I'm walking in wisdom. God has given me insight. God has given me provision. God has filled me with his word and now I'm able to make the right decisions. I'm able to free myself from the wrong associates. I'm able to walk in the light as he's in the light and I have fellowship with the people of God so I have power with God. I wish I had some help in here. You can go somewhere and and, and, and meet. You can go somewhere and gather and it's just be a meeting and a gathering or you can go someplace where the spirit of God is and where two or three are gathered together in his name. There he is in the midst. I prophesied the The Lord is in his holy temple. I prophesy that in this place, the spirit of God, spirit of God dwells. I prophesy if you can't feel the presence of God in this place, you are a corpse. You are twice dead and plucked up by the roots. You need to understand that the spirit of the Lord is the spirit of the Lord is here. The spirit of the Lord is here. I can feel it in the atmosphere. The spirit of the Lord is here. The spirit of the Lord is here. So people who have survived but others can't. People who didn't who, who, who got tattooed. Heard mentions of tattoos today. But there's some people who got tattooed while they were in the world. There are people who sold drugs before they came to Christ. Did drugs. Made babies out of wet lot, Spent time in prison. And survived. And now they're ready for some kingdom manifestation. I wonder if I got any of y'all out here that fits that bill. You ready to get it on with Jesus. So listen to what Micah says. Here's what he said. Micah 4.7. He says this. I will transform, hear those people, I will make into a company of the elite. I will make strong, I will make a strong nation out of the long lost, a showcase exhibit of God's rule in action. I'm going to take those that have been beaten down by the world. I'm going to make them strong. I'm going to take the foolish things, remember the world, to confound the wise. He says, I'm going to make people who were once beaten up a strong nation. People that were once a strong nation shall become a strong nation again. Listen to what the Spirit is saying. Sanctions are not going to be lifted because we command them. Sanctions will be lifted by God's grace. The righteous will get in rule if the nation's gonna become strong when the righteous are in rule, then the people rejoice. And once God lifts sanctions, and once the righteous are in rule, and once the people rejoice, then, and only then, will the nation be open for business. I'm trying to help y'all. I'm trying to help you here in Zimbabwe. Micah says that the plan it's God's giving them a voice. Here's the sound. A sure word. It's going to be a voice that will cry loud and spare not. A voice that will cry out as Micah against false prophets and the merchandising of God's people as we've heard this week. A voice that abhors the abuse of God's house and the things in the temple and the watering down of God's power, making people think that they can live for God without the power of God. He is sending a breaker. God is sending a breaker. And tonight I come to announce that the breaker is here. This type of preaching, though, this type of message, it requires a certain type of listener. That's why you have, I tell you to lean in because you know God doesn't give messages like these for us to just take it or leave it. If you're hungry and thirst after righteousness, you'll be filled. When you when you hunger, God will make sure that you have what you need. So you've got to help the preacher. Just like you who preach, you, you, you reap what you sow. You've you got to help the preacher. You've got to want it. I believe that God's raising up also a people that will say amen to this type of preaching. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I love about coming here. Is not, you're not foreign to this type of word. You're not, it's not a strange thing to your ears. You, you hear it. And you know, you can only say amen to what you know to be true. You can only say amen to what you've already heard anyhow. If you heard some strange doctrine, you'd be looking at me cross-eyed, sideways. You can't say amen to something you don't even understand. But when you've already been taught, When there's something that's already been preached, already declared, already prophesied, and then somebody else comes along and prophesies and says the same thing. You ought to open up your mouth and say, amen. So here's the trick. Your leader, as I close, Michael calls it a breakout. Michael 2.13. Your leader will break out and lead you out of exile. Your leader, I told you that the breaker is one of the titles of the Messiah. The children of Israel knew this and understood this. It is a picture of being in prison or some sort of confinement for a very long time. Then, as in the case of Bruce Willis, someone comes up with a plan and they force their way out. It's strategic. You got to do something. They're not going to just let you out. You got to counteract. You can't be ignorant of Satan's devices. You have got to work your way out, force yourself out. It takes work to get set free. It takes work to be liberated. So in order to get free in your mind, in order to get free in your body, in order to get free from the bondage of the enemy, it takes a breaker, someone with a plan to help break you out, a leader with a word, a leader with a plan, someone with a plan, somebody who's anointed to get you out. When Jesus came, he said, I've got a plan. He says, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. I'm anointed. He said, I'm going to set captives free. I'm going to heal brokenhearted. I'm going to open prison doors. So look at Micah one more time. Micah 2.13. Your leader will break out and lead you out of exile, out through the gates of the enemy's cities, back to your own land. Do you see that? Your enemy is going to have to loose you and let you go. He's gonna to have to watch you as you come out. He's gonna walk through the gates of the enemy's cities. They're gonna see you leaving, like the children of Israel leaving Egypt, and they didn't come out empty handed. They were able to go to the homes of the Egyptians, they were able to take what they wanted. Not just for them, but for a legacy, for their children's children. They gave their abundance to the children and they came out with possessions. Leaders, God wants to anoint you to help you break your people out and to help them get their stuff back. Leaders, God wants to equip you with a plan to help you and your people to repossess what has been repossessed. If something has been repossessed, taken from you, it's your turn now to repossess it. Uh, if you look at Luke chapter 4, he says jubilee, perpetual jubilee. This is the acceptable year of the Lord. Everything you lost, you can get it back. Everything that the devil stole from you, God's given it back to you. You can pursue and recover it all. It says out through the gates, the enemy's gates. What are those gates? The gates of hell. The gates of hell shall not prevail against the church. Devil hit me with your best shot. Fire away. God's already given me a promise. You shall not prevail against me. You're just gates anyhow. And I got the keys of the hell that you're trying to cause in my life. Kingdom principles. Kingdom keys that keep you from totally devouring me. It says out through the gates. I need somebody to claim this and say this with me. I haven't asked you to say much tonight, but I'm going to ask you to say this with me. Say this with me. What's holding me will not be able to keep me no say it with a vengeance come on don't be cute on me tonight say it like you mean it say it what's holding me will not be able to keep me and what's been keeping us from our promise, the Bible says they're gonna have to let us go. Michael says, your king will lead you. The Lord himself will guide you. God wants to help you, but you got to let him help you. He won't force you out. You got to want to come out. You got to want it his way. You got to want his purposes. You got to want his mind. You got to want his will to be done in your life. You got to want his wishes to become your wishes. The devil is so slick, he's trying his best to keep people from the house of God and hearing this kind of message four one, my last verse, it says this, In the last days, the temple of the Lord in Jerusalem will become the most important place on earth. People from all over the world will go there to worship. Many nations will come and say, Come, let us go up to the mountain of the Lord, to the temple of God of Israel. There he will teach us his ways so that we may obey him. For in those days, the Lord's teaching and his word will go out from Jerusalem. My friends, this is symbolism. The temple of the Lord in Jerusalem is symbolic of where we are today, the house of God in the holy city Jerusalem the devil is trying to keep people from the actual meeting place of God the local church why Michael prophecy says this the church will become the most important place on earth it is called the house of prayer for all people everybody is welcome and when they come they should find a word and they should hear the voice of God they should hear a sound from heaven a plan for their liberation they shouldn't have to come into God's house and have some preacher playing uh, up to the cameras to get folk to send in their tax-deductible donations. Truth shall come out of Zion, the text says. Michael said the prophets will tell you what you need to hear. Uh, And sometimes prophets only tell you what they want you to hear so that they can get paid. Uh, Legislators are being lobbied and bribed. Preachers preach and teach based on how much they get paid. And the prophets won't even prophesy unless somebody puts some Thing in their hand. So Micah speaks out and speaks of a breaker. I got two minutes. Someone who will raise up a people who will obey God regardless of the times. I feel this thing. I feel a breakthrough is on the way. Zimbabwe, I feel the breaker is here tonight. God is gathering an army and you are part of that army. We've got to stop whining. We've got to stop complaining. Listen for the sound from heaven. Listen and for the voice of the breaker. They heard a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind and clothing tongues of fire sat on their heads. They heard them speak in their own languages the wonderful works of God. And when Peter stood up to preach with the eleven, he explained what the sound was. Here's the sound from heaven. He said, this is that which was promised by the prophet Joel that in the last days I'm going to pour my spirit out on all people and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy the sound from heaven is a prophetic word in the New Testament economy of the church where God speaks his mind on a matter where we can hear from God clearly where God raises up people and puts a sure word in their mouth and sends them with a plan to liberate his people and to bring them back from the bondage that they have been in he'll bring you out of your misery out of your rut out of your bondage out of your mindset out of defeat here's what we need to see what brings the breaker is found in the text it is the gathering of people Listen, I'm done. Who are making a great noise. The noise. It's a gathering of people. Yeah. The noise. The noise can be decrees and declarations. The noise can be praise and worship. The noise can be a sound called corporate prayer, and the noise can be preaching from the Mount of Zion. And when we come together and we assemble under the bloodstained banner of the Lord Jesus Christ, and we love one another, care for each other, cover each other, we can expect a breakthrough like never before. Ladies and gentlemen, women, children, boys and girls, the breaker is here. The anointing for your liberation is available to you you right now. It's the anointing that destroys the yoke. The breaker is here. The Messiah is here. I hear a sound from heaven. Come on, y'all, make some noise. It's already begun. True revelation, true revelation, true, true liberation is nearer than you believe. Not by the hand of man, but by the hand of God. So if you keep up the noise, the breaker will come. If you keep up... If you keep up the noise, come on come on come on if you keep up the noise the breaker your liberator the Messiah the king of kings the Lord of Lords if you keep up if you keep up the noise if you will hold your peace if you will open up your mouth, if you're shouting to God, come on. If you got the victory, shout. If you got the victory, shout. Shout out to God with the voice of triumph. Shout out to God with the voice of joy. Shout out to God with the voice of victory. Shout out to God with the voice of praise. Let everything that have breath, let everything that have breath. And let me say this in closing: There's a sound from heaven. In Psalm 2, the question was asked, why did the heathen raise? Why did they imagine so many vain things? Why are they so bent against God's anointed and his people? When Peter prayed, Acts 4, God, by stretching forth your hand to heal in the name of your holy child, Jesus, deliver us from the rage of the enemy he quoted Psalm 2 here's what I hear in heaven oh we're gonna do this then we're gonna shout the Bible says in Psalm 2 that when the enemy assumes that he can stop the people of God that he can so threaten them that he can put them in such a position that it shuts their mouths that they hang up their harps permanently that they cease to give, they cease to fellowship. When he thinks that he's done enough to make them lose faith, because when the Son of Man comes, to question is, will he find faith? The enemy is after your faith. He doesn't want your car, you don't want your car. You don't want the payment. He's after your faith. So he beats them down. And so he came after Jesus. It was a messianic song. He comes after the people of God, those of us who are types of Christ. And he comes to steal our joy and he comes to make us quit and give up. But here's what I heard in heaven, the Bible says, but the Lord sits in the heavens and he laughs. (laughs) He scoffs at the enemy and says, you thought that was gonna make him quit? (laughs) You got another thing coming. So I need some folk in here that have not allowed the enemy to make you quit or throw in the towel to reach down one more time. And if you make some noise, if you make some noise if you make some noise the break will come somebody scream oh don't stop i said if you keep the noise up
0: Let's give the Lord a shout. Hallelujah! Hallelujah! Hallelujah. You know, I just saw a number of pictures go before my eyes as he was preaching, especially towards the end here. How many people have spent all they have with many physicians. None the better. But they pressed through, they pressed through a crowd, and they touched the hem of the garment of Jesus. See, the shout in her life was inside of her. She said to herself, she made a noise inside of herself. She said, if I could just touch the hem of the garment of Jesus, I will be delivered. I don't know if the shout is always just us shouting. I think that that counts. It's a big crowd. We come together. The shout of the king is in the camp. I think there's something about that. But I'll tell you what, there's some people here you're shouting. Some of you are crying out. God hears the cries of his people. God hears the shout of his people. God is looking for your faith to reach out. I want to encourage you that tomorrow night... You be here. I was prompted almost tonight to have an altar call now and say, let's just pray for the sick. But you know, there's something about waiting on the Lord. There's something about saying, God, we're going to give you space. We're going to give you room. We're going to make ourselves hungry. We're going to be thirsty. We're going to come to touch the hem of your garment. We're going and see, I, I can't. I think I can move the spirit of God. I think we do that sometimes. You get up and you move and you move the spirit of God, and God responds to that. That's what faith does. But there's also a preparation in the hearts of God's people. God's been preparing us all week, all week, all week, and I, I've been kind of asking, well, you know, what are we going to do on Saturday night? What's the theme of Saturday night? The charge. <laughs> The charge. You know what? I can't think of a better time. The charge. For there to be healings. For there to be impartations of gifts, anointings, mantles, callings, called out by the Spirit of God. You know, I, I'll tell you what, there's, there's one thing to be called by a man. And we do that a lot. We recognize your gift. We recognize your talent. We recognize who you are. And that's not wrong. That's right. But there is another thing entirely. When God calls you, no man takes this honor upon himself. Oh, man, let me tell you, when God does something, some of you, I felt like I heard God say this, that when Bishop said that the enemy comes to steal your faith, I feel like some of you lost your ax head. Some of you lost your way. Some of you got lost in pain. You got lost in conflict. You got lost in bitterness. You got lost in disappointment. There were things that you lost and you lost your edge tomorrow night God's gonna charge you he's gonna give your edge back he's gonna give your anointing back he's gonna give your calling back that axe head is gonna swim where did you lose it where did you lose it because I'll tell you what I think you come back ready tomorrow night to admit it to confess it to say it went in here the breaker will cause that axe head to swim. <laughs> he will give. He wants to give it back to us. He wants you to get back to that place. That breakthrough that we spoke about tonight. i felt the anointing here tonight. The breaker's gone before us. But we've got our part to do. Let's prepare our hearts and let's be back here tomorrow night. And say, God, it was broken. It was contrite on been discouraged. We've been broken down. We have hung our harps. We've stopped praying. We've stopped singing the songs of deliverance. But tonight, tomorrow night, tonight, tomorrow night, we repent and we will sing the songs of Israel the songs of Jerusalem, the songs of our deliverance again. We will take up those mantles that we left. We will take up those callings. We will be that bold people. Oh, would you shake us one more time? Would you fill us with your Holy Spirit? They waited on the Lord. They waited on the Lord. They tarried. They tarried in Jerusalem until the Holy Spirit came. Tomorrow we're going to I believe at the end of this conference, we've been tearing before the Lord. We've been waiting before Him. Tomorrow night, I believe some of you will be able to reach up into a heavenly realm and touch the hymn. Isaiah said, I saw the Lord. He was high and lifted it up, and His train filled temple. I, I think there's something you can reach out and touch sometimes. It's spiritual. It's real. It's not hype. I'm so tired of all the hype. I did not even know how to preach sometimes. Because we've hyped them and left. People get an emotional rush and they think, woo, 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 and you go home and, and, and as fast as it came and left. Because it was just hype. Just emotion. That's why I don't want to do, I, I'm not saying we have hype here tonight. I'm saying what God's doing is he's building pressure and a hunger and a desire. Can we come tomorrow night prepared with a broken and contrite heart? With a broken and contrite heart for our nation, for our lives. Trust Him. Restore to me the joy of my salvation. Create in me a clean heart, oh God. Renew a right spirit in me. A broken and a contrite heart you are not Oh, Holy Spirit. Father, I pray for this congregation tonight. Father, I pray that, Father, you would do a deep work in the hearts of our pastors, our leaders in my heart. Father, I confess to you that I've been discouraged at times. But I will take up the sword again. I'll take up the mantle again. again, oh God, we will tarry, we will wait, even as we wait for the year 2020, even as we wait for the new year, 5780, the year of speaking, the year of pay, God, we thank you that we're moving into a new decade, the decade of the 80s in the Hebrew calendar. closed for one minute. I want you just to make a noise, not a shout, not a scream, but I want to pray in the spirit. The Bible says, building yourselves up in the holy faith, building yourselves up in your most holy faith, praying in the spirit. I want you to pray in the spirit. I want you to begin to build yourself up. I want you to pray. The focus is, God, give me faith to reach out and touch the hem of your garment. Give me faith to make a noise in my spirit I've never made before. Give me faith to make a sound I've never spoken before. Give me faith to reach someplace I've never reached before. Come on, pray in the spirit. Make a noise in the spirit. Let the spirit of God pray through you. Let the Holy Spirit pray through you. Thanks for listening. For more teachings and videos, visit celebrationmen.org.